always got utter belief in him. And somehow she's found the acceleration. Track and field fans, one week down, two days ago, day seven of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics is in the books. And American fans, a lot of you are Americans, congratulations. We have our first male Olympic individual gold medalist. It is not Grant Holloway, as we all were anticipating. It is is Ryan Krauser in the shot put, as we were all anticipating. Uh, One of the greatest shot put series of all time. Breaks his own Olympic record three times. All six of his throws were over the Olympic record. 23-30 in round six. Second farthest throw of all time. He gets it. But other than Ryan Krauser, not really a great day for the US of A, Robert. John, please, be upbeat. I am so pumped for this show. I am so excited. It does not matter to me that the US 4x1 team has reached a new low. For the first time in history, they have managed to not qualify for the final when not dropping the stick. So they didn't drop the stick. Well, actually, maybe, we, or should we be upbeat? The glass is half full. They managed not to drop the stick, but they ran so slow they didn't make the final. What I'm most impressed by, Robert, is that I thought I had run out of ways to be surprised by the U.S. not qualifying for the final. You know, DQs, drop batons, doping disqualifications. I was like, there's no other way for them to not make the final. I never considered not running fast enough. I am upbeat about it. I'm not down about anything, folks. I am so upbeat. I am in the best. First of all, it's early. It's much earlier than we've been doing this podcast. It's not even midnight here, and we have no morning session, so I can sleep in. I'm excited. But I thought it was worse. I was rushing to the track to see Holloway run because he was on our podcast. John and I like him. He calls John and I his homeboys, and he says we've been there through him. Through him. We wanted to get the right, and I'm going through security, and I get a text, and it says, we're out. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought maybe I missed the timing. I had the time wrong. I'm like, wait, that doesn't sound out. What does out mean? I'm like, oh, that doesn't mean the hurdles. I'm like, oh, wait, I think the shot put's going on. Oh, my God. The guys didn't qualify for the final of the shot put. So I thought it was even worse than them not qualifying in the 4 by one I mean, not qualifying in the 4 by one or not winning a medal was pretty much expected, particularly the night before when Kenny Benerick, I said, hey, do you want to run the 4 by one or 4 by 4 I was hoping he was going to say 4 by 4 because that's what he's experienced with being a two forerunner in the past. He says, no, four by one. And I said, well, how much have you practiced? He said, not at all. So I was anticipating a drop stick in the final, not in the in the prelim. All of that and more. Katie Najat has delivered, though. A little bit scary, right? Didn't she take three attempts on the first uh, height? But she's come through and delivered with a gold medal there. John and I have run a, tr- a lap of the Olympic track. We got up. We stuck out onto the stadium. Ran, just ran a lap. It is bouncy as hell. I'll talk about that. I want to buy a golf ball to try to drop it off the track tomorrow to show people what it looks like. But first, what I'm most excited about, we haven't even talked about it, the 1,500 heats semifinals are in the books. While it is showing people that are watching it on video, the your the Cole Hawker hype train, let it begin, folks. I'm right now going to open a brewski for Cole Hawker. 7-Eleven craft brew here from Japan. And this is no, this is this Lord is, and Savior. He's the he's the only remaining hope for U.S. track and field. I guess that's not fair to the five K guys, but he is that. You know, if we're gonna win a gold medal on the track, Cole Hawker is kind of looking like the guy to do it. And, and I picked this beer specifically for Cole. He's a he's the Midwest heart of the soul. He's in flyover Trump country. I figured this guy's not drinking IPAs, premium six dollar brews. He's drinking the thing at the local convenience store. He, this is why he's thriving he's in Japan. To drink anything. He's 20 years old. Oh my God. I didn't think about it. Maybe in Japan, what's the drinking age? I think it's actually 19. He would probably love this. Just a, a 7 Eleven premium brew, Sontori, the brew of Japan. 
in honor of you, Cole. So pumped. Yeah, Robert is upbeat today. How about a little introduction for people who aren't regulars to this show? I'm Let's Run.com, Let's Run.com co-founder, Weldon Johnson, at the headquarters back in the States in Connecticut. That was Rojo, fellow co-founder, former track and field coach at Princeton, pacer of Catherine Indereba. In Cornell record. did not coach at Princeton. No, went to Princeton. And Jonathan Galt, the brains of the organization, ace, staff, John, the used to be the number one track and field writer in the world under the age of 30, now 30 years of age at his second Olympics. They're on the grounds in Tokyo talking to everyone in the bowels of the stadium. So you're going to hear the insight. And the reason everybody is upbeat is the men's 1500. This is We cover track and field, the whole sport, but we're a distance-running, American-based website. And in heat number one, Cole Hawker, the young 20-year-old phenom, who won the U.S. trials, has won pretty much everything else this year, he's raced, goes out, runs a 3.33 PB to make it to the final, kicks down Timothy Chariot, the reigning world champ. I mean, we're pumped. We're pumped. I went on. I got my Year Move shirt on. We sold these on Let's Run.com. If you want some of these softest running shirts in the business, go to shop.letsrun.com. These are gone. These sold out, people. Should have gotten them while you could. But... It was it was crazy. It was a changing of the guard because I'm, there was a lot of question marks in Hawker coming in. One, could he run a fa- could he run at, versus the big boys? Two, could he run a fast race? He PBs and makes the finals. You're like, wow, this is as good as it gets. And then he two, a little more craziness. It was way faster. Three thirty one. So now I'm I'm going to reassess a bit. Three thirty three may not be that fast. Three thirty one American record for. Abel Kipsang of Kenya. Wait, wait, wait. When did Abel Kipsang get his American citizenship? This is big news. Olympic record, excuse me. Okay. And Matthew Centrowitz, reigning Olympic champion, who's been talking a huge game this year, saying he's ready, gets beat by Hawker at the trials, goes for the American record two weeks ago, comes up short in the mile. They just ran away from him. And... Chris Lear, author of Running the Buffaloes, texted me. He's like, sport is brutal. There's a time when every athlete sort of, they just don't have it anymore. And there's no excuses from Central. I don't know what he said afterwards. You guys can tell us. But they just ran away from him. He could, if he got in seventh, though, he was in eighth. And I feel like he let up at the end. If he just bridged the gap, maybe he could have gotten seventh and qualified in time. I, I don't know, guys. Thoughts? But what? What? I want to hear what Centro said for sure. What? What a day. I'll get to that, Weldon. I want to start with a question. Which of the following three things do you think Robert Johnson did not say about Cole Hawker? Because he said two of them. One, watching Cole Hawker run the 1500 tonight was orgasmic. Two, Cole Hawker could break the world record in the Olympic final. Or three, Nike should pay Cole Hawker $20 million right now. I'm going to go with number two. He did not say the world record in the final. No, he actually did say that that was possible. That Cole Hawker could no, win three twenty-five in the Olympic. That's a lie. I was trying to figure out which would be the best way for him to win it for my head to explode. And I was trying. To, I said, would it be better if he won the if he won the gold like in a world record, or if he just like you know outkicked him in, like a tactical race? That's what I asked. So John thought I was talking about Timothy Chariot. John said. Oh, if Timothy Chariot breaks the world record, that's going to be the greatest race ever. And I said, no, not Chariot. I'm asking about Cole Hawker. 
And I did say it was orgasmic to watch him run. I would like to go back and watch these races because what was most impressive to me was I felt like this race wasn't perfectly tactically for him. He wasn't like on the rail the whole time. He had to do a little bit more work, but I haven't seen it again. But amazing stuff. And for some reason, it normally drives me nuts in sports how we're talking about the future and the next great hype. For me, hockey's so exciting because you're seeing the future like sprout right before your eyes. Like this is the guy that's hyped, but it's all coming at once. It's like what you anticipate for Alan Webb's career and you what you anticipate, and you're just seeing it race after race after race. It just gets better and better and better. And I know I think Mel won an Olympic gold in 19, but it wasn't nearly as exciting for me. Like I expected that the men's 1500, just the drum event. There's, there's so many different people that can win it. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Yes. So much of sport is about the hype and the anticipation. Smartest guy. I know. Neil Wexler told me, you know what the best part of going to the casino is? It's when you get out of the car in the parking lot. And, and it's true. I mean, the thing Mo delivered, but we almost started expecting her to deliver. It's like, the hype before the prize fight, all this stuff. Like, okay, they line up. I wake up at 6.58. I was late last night covering the action. Last night, I, I skipped the 4 by 4 finals. Please tell me we didn't drop the baton. We made the 4 by 4 final. I, I figured that was safe. The U.S. has advanced to both 4 by 400 finals. Well, then, rest assured. Okay. And I wake up at 6.58, turn it on the lineups, and I'm like, Wow. It's not easy to make an Olympic final. Hawker's got to beat some good guys. He's in the first heat. He might have to be top five. There's no room for error. He goes out and does it. I'm so excited. My wife's in the bed. Uh, you know, this is where Robert said he got a little frisky. I was like all excited. My wife and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I was like cuddling with my wife because Hawker made the final. So that's all you guys need to know. And also, hey, we're we looking sharper people out there on YouTube. We had, we've done some live stream. We live streamed the American record attempt on 5,000 meters. We only today discovered the HD switch for our streaming service, which we've been paying for, the Super HD. So hopefully you look a little clearer today. And I'm pumped too, guys. I got my drink element tea. A huge box came yesterday. I got like another shipment. This, this You guys must be buying a lot of this stuff. I mean, obviously they pay us, but I love this stuff and they just keep shipping me more personally. I have like probably a thousand of these little things. And if you haven't had it, it's electrolytes without the junk comes in these little bitty packets. Boom. You pour it in. So simple. It's great. Let's run visitors. Love it. Free sample pack, six packs sent to you for only $5 shipping. I will refund your money. If you don't like it, drink slash let's run to try it out. All right. Well, this, this let's this, uh, Cole Hawker, you know, what, what we call this circle jerk right now. I think we need to talk about like the actual race he ran because <laughs> it was interesting. Like this was a very fast prelim, went out in like fifty six, and then it went down sixty. I think was the second lap. He was in heat one of two, and it was kind of quick. And Hawker was sort of he was hanging on the inside, I think, for a little while. But then basically, just by I don't know, I kind of lost track of him. I think the third lap, but by the end, he's just one hundred and fifty to go. I look up, Cole Hawker's in about third place. He's in good position. It just didn't the, the last one fifty he looked like he cruised in and he said afterwards he thinks he has more in the tank. He said it felt good. It didn't felt you know felt like it didn't feel like a, a final, you know, which is good. He's like, I, I think I've got more left. He's got a day to recover now. So he's pretty optimistic. This was the fastest time in his of his life. 333. It's going to take probably 330 or faster to medal 
everyone that we talked to seems to think it's going to be a fast race. Chariot expects it to be sub 30, sub 330. So it's good that he thinks he's capable of more because it's probably going to do it. The question is, is he still going to be able to kick off of that pace? Because the big championship rate, this race and the US trials, he still had that sixth gear that really separates him over the last 100 meters. And if he still has that in the 330 race, he can medal. If not, he's not going to medal. Look, it was amazing. It was a weird race in the sense of it wasn't, I mean, I guess 333 is fast for an Olympics. If, if the Olympic record was 331, but it really wasn't a fast race. The first 200 was extremely fast. It was 26.5. I'm like, what the hell is Chariot doing? It really actually bothers me. And I, I used to, again, I'll say that John gets mad when I repeat the stories. But a lot of people aren't listening to the whole podcast. We have new visitors all the time. I, I talked to Asbel Kiprop about this at pre classic one time. I'm like, why do you go out so fast for the first lap? You need to be more even. And if you watch Jacob Ingebrigtsen in the lane in the in the second heat, Jacob Ingebrigtsen will run in lane two or lane three because he wants to run an even 56. This was 26, and then basically they ran 60 all the way to the bell. I mean, they ran a little bit faster. They were 240 at the bell. So they picked up one second under 60 pace for the rest of the race. So it was basically a fast 200, a jog for um, from 200 to, to 1,100, so a jog for 900, and then a 53 in the last lap. And, you know, Hawker was ninth head, heading, heading into the bell, you know, and no problem. That's whatever. The best part was that when John talked to him, he said, look, this didn't feel all out. This guy's not some bullshit artist that's, like, trying to manipulate the media. He's being honest. And, you know, I wish I had asked the reigning world champion, the greatest 1,500-meter runner on the planet, Timothy Chariot, like, hey, you got beat. Were you relaxing or whatnot? There's been some interesting posts on that. But we did ask Timothy Chariot. John did. Hey, man, what explains you PRing in Monaco but not getting in the top three at the Kenyan Trials? He says, well, my hamstring was bothering me at the Kenyan Trials. He says it's good now. He's not worried about it. The other news here is the Kenyan champion is out. So that's a little bit surprising. But the third place er, from Kenya, uh, Kip Sang, who, remember, when he got third at the Kenyan trials and Chariot was fourth and Kenya had a discretionary spot, they didn't initially give it to Chariot. We're like, what idiots? Why did they give it to him? Well, we found out why tonight, because this guy ran an Olympic record in heat too. And I don't even know. I haven't seen the splits. Like, how in the hell did they get the Olympic record? Like, it was just more even, I guess. They didn't go out that fast. The interesting thing about that, Robert, is I watched the very start of this race and then Cole Hawker came in the mix zone and I kind of had to pay attention to that. And the very start, like 150 meters in, it was bunching up a ton. And at that point, I immediately was like, all right, time qualifiers are coming from heat one. Like there's no way anyone's getting in on time from this this one. And then I look up again with about 100 meters to go once Hawker has finished talking and I'm like, holy crap, they're going to run like Olympic record. This is going to be crazy. So it, it really picked up, I guess, after that very, you know, the bunching up right at the start. Yeah, Kip saying, I mean, his, his results this year have been phenomenal, Robert. He's been first, second, or third in all of his races this year. He's run 333, 332, 333, 333, 331 now. Like a bunch of fast times. This guy's very, very, very talented runner. Um, third at the Kenyan Trials, he beat Chariot. And. Yeah, I mean, th this guy in a fast race, which this is going to be, absolutely, this guy can medal. So I, the big question to me immediately became, how is the final going to play out? 
So I went up to Kip saying he does not speak English. We were talking to him in Swahili. And I wasn't talking. I was, we were talking to a guy who was talking to him in Swahili. And he, he said, like, yeah, you know, he was kind of surprised by how fast he ran today. But he's ready for the final. He knows he's taking on the big boys and he's going to fight. And he's looking forward to getting on a podium. He doesn't matter which place. You know, I don't know why Kenny would matter. I'd rather get gold than bronze. But I said, well, you ran the Olympic record today. We know Chariot likes a fast pace. Will you work together? And then the guy said, he said something. He said, yes. He says, yes, he will. But then later, we only had like a three-minute interview. He said, I'm going to run my own race. So on the one hand, this guy says, I'm going to work with Chariot. Then he says, I'm going to run my own race, which is also interesting because when John talked to Chariot, yeah, I asked him. Well, he wasn't. He was asked by the Norwegians. The Norwegians, the Norwegian journalists are obsessed with Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Not just Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Anyone who races against Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Like, I've been asked for comment multiple times from Norwegian journalists this year about like the Jakob versus Chariot showdown. What Chariot being named to the team means for Jakob's chances. They interview all of the other fifteen hundred runners just to ask them about Jakob. And so they were asking him like, "What kind of race do you think it's going to be in the final?" And Chariot's like, I think it's going to be a sub 330 race. And they said, are you going to lead it? And at first he's like, no. And they said, yes. And he's like, oh, no, actually, I need to talk to you know the other Kenyan, Abel Kipsang. And we need to figure it out together. So my sense, it looks, Stuart McSwain had the best point about this. He's like, look at all the people in this race. Jakob, Chariot, Kipsang, himself. What do they all have in common? They like fast races. Someone is going to take it out. My guess it'll be the Kenyans probably working together in some form, similar to how Chariot worked with, was supposed to work with Maningoy in 2017 and Chariot himself took it out in 2019. The other interesting thing Timothy Chariot said, I asked him, okay, outside of Jakob, because he got a bunch of questions from, you know, about Jakob, who else do you think could medal in this race? The first name he says, Hocker. I was like, wow, that's interesting. And he said McSwain as well. Wait, Timothy Chariot said this? Yes, he yeah. did. And I was like, Hawker, I'm like, what? wow, what do you think of, like, have you watched him race? Did you see the trials? He's like, yes, I saw his run at the trials. Like, he has a very good kick. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Chariot, oh I don't know if he's worried about him, but he, he certainly knows about him. Yes. There are some strong guys. Hawker, we asked him, Johnson, who can medal besides Ingebrigtsen? He said, there are some strong guys. First word out of his mouth. Hawker is good. Jacob, McSwain. John said, have you watched? Yes, I watched. The guy is good in kick. The guy is good in kick. Potato Tim even loves Hawker. Let the hype begin. And McSwain's quote was awesome, too. He said, "He said I don't think we're going to jog around for three laps and leave it to a 400-minute sprint. So all the guys in, in your – the people that have not left their parents' basement for the last five years and are still upset that Centrowitz won an Olympic gold medal in 350, guess what? It's not going to be 350 on Saturday. Now – I mean, on yeah, Saturday. One question I have here is, we all expect it to be fast, but what if it's 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 an economic term? It's called prisoner's dilemma. What if Chariot ever expects him to go out? So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a super fast fifty to get in position because people want to get right behind him. And if I'm Hawker, if I'm coaching Hawker, I'm like, dude, just go middle pack. If it's going to spread out, you can just be seventh or eighth because there's going to be some people just happy to be in the final on the way back. But what if Chariot just decided, screw it, I'm not going to take this. Who's going to take it? I think probably Jakob would take it. Oh, just I run think, it even. 
don't think Jakob would take it. When does Jakob ever lead races? I think probably McSwain would take. Jakob runs his even pace. Yeah, he He's, doesn't. He doesn't. But he runs it. He'll be yeah, out he runs it even, and therefore he doesn't lead. He Jakob will just be running fifty six, fifty six the first two laps. Why is John eating in front of the, the podcast? It's driving me nuts how he's smacking. He I'm not have... allowed to eat in front of the... Robert, I haven't had dinner. I'm not allowed to eat. John's nervous. He's got something very important going on tomorrow morning. That's all I'm going to say. Told me not to mention on air. Oh, finally, I know what you guys are talking about. Oh, gosh. I was When I was trying to go to sleep last night, I was wondering. I'm like... Okay. A couple things. Hawker... I don't know. He goes hanging out back. I'm like, oh, maybe he's too far back and can't kick in this. And then you rewatch it or you look at the pictures. And, you know, as we pointed with 100 to go, he's third. He's right there. He was perfectly positioned by then. And so I I guess now it's just a matter of like what happens in a 330 race. I think it will get to that point somehow. I'm not sure exactly how. I'm just shocked. There's no way it goes slow the entire way. If it goes slow, even 400 then like a McSwain or somebody's going to push it. Um, I don't know. I don't think really it's kind of interesting. A super slow race. Who likes their chances the best? Hawker. I think Hawker. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, he's the one guy. He's just like, you want to go slow? Fine. Everyone else has an incentive to push. If you're Hawker, wouldn't you just run back your game plan from today? I mean, try to run on the rail as much as possible. Get into position to kick by like, you know, 150, 200 to go. And then... One, I mean, he didn't win the race today, but he didn't need to. But basically, just close harder than he did the last 150. And that, I think that's his best case scenario, right? Uh, so let's talk about other... other. I mean, we've sort of talked about some of the other guys. There, there's a bunch... Like, who can medal in that, this race? And I guess who can win this race? Who can medal? Robert. John's birth country. Let's talk about the countries. Has three people in there. Um, that's great britain if you're not a regular listener to the podcast australia has two spain has two kenya Kenya has two two. luxembourg has one congratulations we've got a luxembourg national record by charles grethen by the way can someone in the chat tell me why in the hell some polish guy got put in the final did somebody fall guy runs 354 this q with the r is the most disgraceful thing of the entire world championships so did anyone see what happened? Again, I've not seen any race replays. His shoe fell off. I mean, it was the most... Yes, your shoe. his shoe fell off early on in the race. It's the easiest way into the final. Somebody, you should just try to kick your shoe off somehow. Or maybe if you're like not very good, try to, you know... That, that would be a real talent, right? <laughs> wow, John is laughing at his own comments. And I just happens. saw this comment. I'm like, wow, this guy, he likes Let's Run enough to watch us do our live show in the middle of the day, but apparently doesn't like me enough to say anything nice. <laughs> so I actually cracked up. A guy on I'm going to be a 50-year-old single weird guy with no kids. Creep. Well, thanks, Mike Sign. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, right? Someone, There's just so much like weirdness on the internet or hate. Like The fact that somebody would go post that about somebody else. I mean, I could read. Say, oh my gosh, comment. how can you, you say that? I can see this? It's on your message board, stuff like this all the time. And it's the, just the downside of an open internet. And I think we're a much better society with allowing open comments. And I don't know, but wow, John. And Aussie right. thinks John has a wife and kids. Do you, John? Shoot, someone's discovered my secret family. Uh, all right, should we talk about Centro? The no, reigning no, no. Olympic we're, champion didn't right. make the final. I thought we were like we're 20 minutes in. We I thought we, we're going to talk about the decline. Well, I asked you a question and you just ignored it, Robert. So do no. you want to take this second chance? Who can medal in yes. this race? There's been some good posts on the message board about this. And John liked one of them. 
Um, unfortunately, I don't have know who wrote it, but it's on here. So basically, I, I think that there's a couple tiers of people and a great message board post on this. It says, people are forgetting this is a qualifying round. Jake Whiteman doesn't get a better lane for winning the heat or any advantage for winning the semi. It looked to me that there was a confident group of athletes that purely ran to qualify. Jacob Ingebrigtsen, Cole Hawker, and Timothy Chiriot. I'm, okay, a few that pushed a bit harder to win the heat in Whiteman and Kip Singh, and a few that pushed harder to qualify in McSwain, Hort, and Kerr. And then you have the guys that ran flat out, like McCall, Hayward, and Grethen. You've got to rule out the flat out guys and the and the pole that lost his shoe, but everyone else is in it. I kind of agree with that. Like, first of all, I'm not sure. I was worried that Timothy Cherry got beat, and I wish I had asked him about him getting beat. So I, I so I want to watch the replays. Um, I thought Whiteman looked amazing. He was terrible in Gateshead, and he was very impressive. Um, the Kenyan, I didn't really get to see all of Heat Two as well, but he ran the Olympic record. How can you not be impressed by that? Yeah. Um, come on, like Ollie Hor. Some of these guys could get the bronze, but who could win the gold? And I don't think there's that many guys. Well, Ingebrigtsen, yes, definitely. Jake, Jake Whiteman, I think, could win. Yes, uh, Cole Hawker, I think, could win. Which is crazy. How is he going to win? But I'm, I, for some reason, I'm going to say yes. Timothy Chariot could win, obviously. Yes, I think, I think Abel Kipsan could win. It's it's very simple. The first three in each heat can win. Hawker, Whiteman, and Chariot, Kip saying Ingebrigtsen. Ooh, Kerr. Yeah, I'm going to say Kerr can win. I don't um, think Kerr can win, but he was he. how did he look today? He looked better than the first round. That's better. You guys didn't mention his name. That's a good sign. You qualify with no one mentioning your name. You qualify easily. That's pretty good. I think that's a good rule of thumb, though, Weldon. I'm looking at those results. I'd be very surprised if anyone outside of the top three in each heat won the race. Now, I think a ton more guys could medal. Yeah. McSwain could definitely medal. McSwain pointed out he's like, I'm taking confidence in the fact that I'm never not. I'm always top three when I run on the circuit. Um, Ollie Hoy, because there's again, and we saw this with Grant Holloway. We'll get this. There's a difference between running a race where you try to win gold, and I think Clayton Murphy tried to do that last night. Because sometimes you waste a lot of effort in the ground because you're worried about not being in the position to be the, to get the gold, and just running and being happy to get a medal. And maybe sometimes by doing that you actually win the gold. Now, I asked Jonathan as we were walking home to, to start the show, I said, if you're coaching Hawker, what do you teach him to do? Tell him to do. Like, where should he go out and stuff like that? And he's like, I just tell him to, if it's going to be fast, I tell him just to pull a Jenny Simpson. Just don't worry about wherever the people are. Just measure your effort and try to get to the finish line as fast as possible. Yeah. Well, the big thing, I said this earlier, it's well then. Just, you want to, what's Cole Hawker's biggest strength? It's his last 150. I don't think he wants to make some huge move early in the race that is going to cost him that kick over the last 150. He, and look, maybe that's impossible. Maybe if it's a 328 race or something, he's just going to have to go to the well and that's it if he wants to stay, you know, hang in the pack. But the best outcomes for Cole Hawker is one way he can use that killer kick in the last 150. So do what you can to get in position and hopefully you, you still have the energy to, to hit that top gear. There's some interesting things in the chat box and kicking, I think in a sub three thirty race is very different than kicking and a three thirty three race, three thirty five race, the higher up you go. And there's only two guys, right? Proven. If it's super fast, can really do it. And I think that's Ingerbritson and Chariot. I, I had some question marks, you know, was, was Chariot taking it easy they came by him. I'm so used to him just putting his head down in the last 50 and pulling away. And this one, Whiteman went away. 
but it may be smart. Right. There's no bonus points for finishing first. So if he was backing off, that's fine. We, I don't know how we didn't ask him the obvious question. I apologize for asking that. But folks, if you want to keep support the website, support independent journalism, if you're enjoying the show, we've been doing these shows every day. They show up in your podcast feed. If you're a VIP supporting club member, go to let'srun.com slash subscribe. We briefly mentioned this on our regular weekly pod, podcast yesterday, but y'all asked if we didn't quite directly answer it. Is there any other running journalists from America here? The answer would be no. Like, really? That are doing daily updates? It's kind of embarrassing, to be honest. I mean, like, the Washington Post and the LA Times are here. Thank God, but, like, you know, Runner's World, I guess it's just officially Jogger's World. They're not here, etc. Alright. I wanted to talk... You guys mentioned that the only guys who can do it in a fast race, Ingebrigtsen and, and Chariot in terms of kicking. I mean... Jake Whiteman did run 329 in Monaco last year. And he told me after the race today, he thinks he's in even better shape now. He thinks he's in the shape of his life. He looked good. He didn't really, re- he's, I was like, what do you think about beating Chariot? Like, does that give you any confidence? He's like, no, not really. Like, I know he wasn't going all out. What did give him confidence is how easy it felt. He's like, that 333 did not feel like a 333. So he's another guy. He's a 144, 329 guy. I think if it's a fast race, he's absolutely going to be a factor and could even, you know, like it, you said, win it, the gold. It could be one of the greatest moments in Olympic history. His dad is the stadium announcer. Imagine, and he like his dad announces the fifteen hundred, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I like to do that. And he's like, can you imagine that? Like, I don't know how he stays calm. I hope his dad, if he's winning the Olympic fifteen hundred, just blows off. He's always been a professional. Yeah, you know, in and, lane seven, Jake Whiteman. He just goes, "Oh my God, I said <laughs> on the Olympic gold medal." <laughs> He's his coach, too. What? He's the coach? Yeah. No fucking way. Yes. No way. Okay. Uh, John's got a good one. He goes up to John. I don't know if he knows who I am. Like John and him are like buddy-buddy. I don't know how they know each other. But, like, he goes up to John like John's a guy. Oh, because John is the one that told him how to say all thing Mo's name. But No, he. I know Jeff because they – He's uh, the coach? How good was Jeff? I'm going to tell him. Look, I think his son could pull it off. And win. Like, if you're a Brit – and John's like, but John doesn't cheer in the press box. I do. Like, you've got to be pumped about Whiteman. Like, John actually bet some like hundreds of quid on 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 Kerr, but Whiteman looks fantastic, and you've got to be just as pumped about him, if not more so than Kerr. Actually, I got to get I on mean, some Whiteman. I, I, Hawker, maybe me. I should hedge, go with the Brits. Just if a Brit wins or a Brit medals, because Whiteman looked really good. Maybe I can get good good on some Whiteman. Growing up, I used to hear about these guys, you know, Co, Ovet, Cram. And now we got, what, three Brits in the final? Am I supposed to believe, like, Kerr and Whiteman are, are the same? I guess they haven't done it at that level and not consistently winning, but it's, I guess it's been a while. Or uh, They're not the same level, so that's kind of crazy, but they're running as fast, pretty much. Yeah, they're not going out smashing world records, but if Jake Whiteman wins the Olympic gold and he's a 329 guy, he's going to he's going to join the club. He's going to be on that level. Uh especially how deep this field. I mean, this field's loaded. All right. Are we going to talk about Centro or not? We're half an hour into the show at this point. I feel like we it's it's time. Yes, because I don't know. I don't want to believe that Centrowitz is out. Like what the hell? I, I again, I have not gotten a good look at the second heat, but he looks so good in the first heat. I thought there'd be no problem. And John's like, oh, he ran out in lane three. Who the fuck cares? This guy should have had no problem running, getting into the final. So I'm stunned. Now, do I think just I'm stunned because people act like he's done nothing since the last Olympics. That's not true. He ran a 13 flat 5,000. How many guys in that race today 
have the endurance to run 13 flat. Not very many of them, hardly any of them. Now, Stewie McSwain obviously can do it, maybe a couple others. But he's run 13 flat. He was looking good. So his workouts were going so well, he tried American record attempt, and he only ran 349 in that, which is a 332. And basically, he runs 333 today. So that American record seemed to be indicative of what he could do today. Now, John's like, oh, he ran a lot in lane three and lane four. He was not tactically good. But I'm wondering if he's – I'm hoping this is the case, that he's just like Jake Whiteman. Jake Whiteman was terrible in Gateshead, I think it was, the last Diamond League meet. He was It was like a watered-down field. He was supposed to destroy all the Brits, and he only got like fifth place. And I think he just was like hitting the workouts too hard or coming down from altitude and just wasn't sharp. And maybe Centrowitz got – just too much you know there's a tendency sometimes to hit your workouts too hard before the olympics like you know what you did five years ago to win the gold and there's a tendency to go a little bit faster than that and the example i use is atlanta track club head rich canal he was the bronze medalist in the 97 worlds i think it was in 800 and he made the olympic team for the first and only time in 2000 and he did terrible he did not I don't think get out of the first round, definitely not out of the semifinals. And I said, Rich, what happened? He said, oh, I made this mistake everybody makes. He's like, I got to Australia a few weeks early or whatever, and I knew what workouts I had done before, and I just I, – I did them all better. I did them all better than I ever did when I won that, that bronze medal, and I thought I'm going to win the damn silver or gold medal. But you're subconsciously forcing the workout. So I'm hoping Centaurge backs off, rests up, and – Potentially gets the American record at pre. Remember, folks, the the record the race at at Monaco. I mean, in at Hayward Field, there'll be fans. It will be a full mile, and this will be after the Olympics. So this would be a great opportunity to break the American record. So Centrowitz, please don't give up. I think 2022 Eugenie's definitely. But people were asking him, is he going to do 24? He's like, I don't know. It depends on my motivation. Well, I understand why you're talking about Rich Kanar and like what he can do in the future. Can we actually talk about what happened on the track tonight? I mean, the the strangest thing to me was Centro. How many times in his life has Centro been in lane three in a championship final outside of the final hundred meters? This is what Chris Leah texted us afterwards. I was trying to think. I'm like, I couldn't remember. Like he's always in good position, and this was the one thing he's like, yeah, I was out in lane two, lane three. Look, I don't like. I still think based on where he was in the home straight, if he was really like a metal threat, he would have been able to close and pick up one of those qualifying spots. But he, the problem is if you're running extra distance and you're getting shuffled around a bit, you're not going to have the energy to move up. And it's just it, the straight, it, the funniest thing to me is this is the second fastest time Centro has ever won run in a, uh, in a championship race, 333. You know, he ran faster at the Doha world's, yeah, he said it was. It wasn't the fact that it was a fast race. It was still his tactics that undermined him. He blamed the tactics. Yeah, what, what did he say about his fitness? I and mean, I'm thinking like he's done as a 1500 meter runner. I still think he maybe could break the American record in the mile. You know, but I think the event at the championship levels probably left him behind. He could still run it next year in the U.S. I mean, make the team. Maybe he can try to contend for a medal. So he probably won't move to the 5K because uh, he's probably not a medal contender at 5K either. But this did not look like a problem with tactics. John, you kept saying stuff about his tactics. He just didn't have it. He only I had agree. to get top seven in this race. Thank you, Weldon. He was sure he's moving up a little bit more because they're running faster than he's used to. He just didn't have it. He didn't look like a guy fit enough, fast enough. 
a fast race has always been his weakness. All you got to be is top five, top top five. Why don't you just run in tenth and kick in for fifth? People that are watching the live video show, is the video better? I'm curious to know if it is better this today than the normal nights. But um, wow, some of the message board, somebody, I mean, some people on the comments, I think on Facebook or YouTube, they want to see a race between Chariot Ingebrigtsen and the Hawkers' parents. People would pay to watch that. No, they wouldn't. Why would anyone care? All right. Anything else on the 1500? It's going to be a great final, but we do have some other stuff to talk about. Do we think the world record will fall? I don't think it will fall, but I don't think it's totally insane to discuss. Well, it's pretty crazy to think about it, but it's going to be a fast race. And these guys are all super fit. I think there are, there are multiple 320 something guys in this race. Could we see like a 327? Maybe. 325. I mean, the idea of someone running a 325 in an Olympic final. Well, but think about this. As, as excited as we are about Hawker, the Norwegians are um, as excited for Ingebrigtsen. They think this is the guy. This is the hype guy. This is the this is, this is is like their Kim Kardashian. Like this is their – they're also – like they have the, the other – they're not a track and field powerhouse. They have the one in Ingebrigtsen gets like – fifth in the Olympic final, the oldest one gets like fifth in the Olympic final, what, at age 19 or 21 or something? He was basically Cole Hawker. He was fifth in the Olympic final. And then the younger one gets, Philip, get, the middle one gets like a bronze medal. But then there's the younger, the wonder kid. By the way, there's some other kids younger than them. Do they all have the same mom? There's a big age gap. I'd like to know that, by the way. But he's on like the reality TV show. They, their whole life is public. And now he's living up to the hype. But imagine the pressure that he needs to be on. Um, Robert has never once muted his cell phone for one of these uh, podcasts. Well, final comments on Centro. I mean, I have right now on the video screen where Centro is with 150 to go. He's right there in eighth place. He has to pass one of these guys to make the team. That's it. And he can't do it. So I don't think tactics were his thing. If you go back 15 seconds. This photo is fascinating in the sense of this is what it's going to be like. And this is why the 1500 is like the best event in the 800 too. Like you're 150 meters out and there's eight guys right there and they're running Olympic record pace. Think about that for a minute. Like that's a competitive this field is. And there was a great, great set on Twitter about, like how worldwide track and field is, like how many different countries have won a medal? John says something like the first fifteen medals were won by different countries. It's crazy. Like, well, first fifteen, I think it was first fifteen golds. How many people win a medal in swimming? Like, what percent of the world's population can even swim? Is what I want to know. If you know those answers, let us hear it. Uh, you don't really need to let us hear it. All right, fifteen hundred. Anything else? Or should we move on here? We do have some other stuff to discuss. Well, we need Robert's, you know, detailed analysis breaking down how much extra footage Centro ran. But it sounds like John wants to do that because you go back 15 seconds before that middle of the backstretch. He's one stride behind Ingebrigtsen, perfect position. He's right with Josh Kerr. They all made the final easily. Okay, well, that's a good point. Well, I'll be honest. I, I did not see all of this race because, as I said, I was talking to Cole Hawker. I was going off what Centro told me. That's the explanation he gave. But, uh, but and remember, folks, I apologize at some level because we're asking you to pay to join the Let's Run.com supporters club. But you're also listening to a guy that really doesn't know what he's talking about. We think he's smart because of his British accent. 
But this is the guy that predicted Cole Harker would not win the NCAA title, would not win the USA title, and probably predicted that he would pull up injured before he even got to Tokyo. No, that, that lost pilot just a flat out lie. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I picked. Guess what? I didn't. I picked against him, and he almost lost both those races. They were very close in doubt in the home straight. So uh, against the guy I said would beat him, Cole Harker. Props to him. I'm sorry. Should I have picked him to win the Olympic gold medal, Robert? Is that what you would have done? Well, you put money on Josh Kerr to win the Olympic gold medal, which seems odd to me, but. It, good odds. It, good odds. This is crazy, though. We've talked about the 1500 semifinals for 40 minutes. Where do you guys want to go next? The four by one debacle or the men's 400? Or well, I think they're both intertwined because this is the big story of the game that's emerging among mainstream publications. And it's it's a fair one, is that the U.S. men are just having an awful meet. Uh, mostly on the track. They did get the gold. I don't like that. Krauser. I don't like the negativity. Stop it right there. We, the- well, well, Robert, think about this. We had, the U.S. had the favorite in the men's 100 meters. Didn't even make the final. Favorite in the men's 200 meters. Bronze medal. They got the silver with Bednarik as well. Uh, okay. Not the favorite, but like close to a co-favorite with Michael Norman in the 400. Shut out of the 400 podium for the second time in three Olympics. Okay. Let me... Like yes, are we have are they having a great meet? No, Trayvon Bermel had he been running well in Europe before this meet? No, Noah Lyles had he run well all season? No, we go to these are the world leaders in those events, Robert. Going into the Olympics, one ten hurdles, Grant Holloway, the lock of the games. He gets okay as well. I, and I'm going to answer all these questions. In the hundred, we got a silver damn medal, right? Correct. Yeah. In the two hundred, we got a silver and a bronze medal. Correct. Yeah. In the 400, we didn't get any medals, which is surprising. But the guy that didn't, Michael Norman has not, he was like Noah Lyles. He wasn't running well all season, not running to his level. So him, we go 4-5. I'm pulling actually. The U.S. should not be going 4-5 in the Olympic 400-meter final. And then let's go to the 110 hurdles. Our boy, the podcast guest, Grant Holloway gets the silver. And I was disappointed. He should have won the gold. He was the favorite to win the gold. But everyone's acting like, oh, it's terrible. And he's like, I let the, he said, I let the pressure get to me. But this is the type of thing. When you're the favorite, you want a different race, particularly the distance races, than you do if you're not the favorite. He did that in the sprints because it's a hurdle race. He was going way over the hurdles to make sure he didn't hit them. And he got caught. He had the lead, and he got caught. He ran today faster than he ran to win the Olympic, the world title in 2019. The reality is he was the heavy, heavy favorite. He is the second fastest man in history, but he was a heavy favorite because no one else has been running fast in this field. If we had known that the, that the somebody else in this field would have run thirteen or four, are we would we have been that confident that he would have won it? And I've done the stats since twenty nineteen in his entire life. He's only run thirteen oh three or faster. I think it's was it three times or was it four? Anyways, I looked it up from twenty nineteen. Since the start of 2019 till now, he's run 1303 or faster 10% of the time. It's four times total. Three of them this year, including one of his prelims in Tokyo. I didn't say he ran great, but... Actually, his last three races, not last three races, last three, like he ran it twice at the trials, 1281 and 1296. And then he ran 1302 in the prelims in Tokyo. So. Yes, he's only done it four times in his life, but three of them have come in the last five weeks. The problem in the hurdles is you got to just attack it. You got to go crazy. 
but the problem is if you do that, you pull you pull Gail Devers and fall or something like that. So you can't really pull a safety, but I get why he was pulling the safeties. Um, it was interesting. Matt Lawton, the Times, asked him, hey, Grant, do you think that the bouncy track hurts you? It makes sense to me. But this, look, this hurdles race, Holloway, look, was Holloway his absolute best? No. But the other story, story here is that the winner, Hansel Parchment, ran out of his mind. I don't understand what happened here. Parchment is 31 years old. He was third at the Jamaican trials. You know, barely made the team. His personal best is 12.94, but that's from 2014. He had not broken 13.10 since 2016. Sorry, 2015. And his personal best earlier, you know, look at his results earlier this year. He runs 13.16 and 13.19 at the Jamaican trials. In no other race, including both of his rounds in Tokyo, had he run faster than 13.20. Yet somehow, he runs 13.04 in the Olympic final to win the gold medal. This is one of the most unlikely goals. We didn't even have him as an option in the Let's Run Prediction Contest. Like, Holloway, yeah, was he at his best? No. But somehow he runs the race. He, I mean, Parchment ran the race of his life here. For sure. I mean... It's pretty crazy, right? I don't understand how it happened. I saw the I saw the Jamaicans peeling by Holloway, and I'm like, "Oh, Levy must have won." Like Levy's good. Parchment, I just and this this is the crazy thing Robert pointed out to me. Remember how Omar McLeod? How there was a sort of groundswell. Omar McLeod should have been on the team. Like you know, he complained they had the prelims the night before, and then they had the final at 8 a.m. in the morning. We should put McLeod on the team. Well, if you would pay, put McLeod on the team. Who would they have kicked off? Hansel Parchment, the third placer at the trials, who is now the Olympic champion. So it's pretty crazy how these things work. Oh, yeah. I would have kicked him off 100%. So, I mean, that shows. If you have a trial and you have the rules, I generally think you should stick to it. I don't know. It's just fair from a justice standpoint. But I would have put Omar McLeod on the team if there was any discretion. And this is the guy I would have I kicked off. He's just a gamer, John. He's done very well at championships. Yeah, but not for a while. Like he, I mean, he was the silver medalist in 2015, the bronze medalist in 2012. But that was he was a different runner back then. Like we had not seen that version of Hansel Parchment for years. So it's kind of shocking he was able to do this at 31. Um, and then I will say this: Grant Holloway. This is going to be lost to history because he didn't win the gold, but. Grant Holloway had one of the greatest leans I've ever seen to get the silver here. Like, he was staggering after that final hurdle. He got passed by both Jamaicans. And yet somehow he outleaned Ronald Levy for the silver medal. I don't know how the hell he did that. He was not that close to Levy, and he had this absurd dive. Yeah, I thought he was third. I mean, they're like, Holloway's silver. I'm like, no, he didn't get silver. He, he got third. And... Yeah, Parchment, I feel like he was the guy you'd be like, oh, wait, he's a Jamaican hurdler guy who got did well at Worlds one time. You'd see him in these Diamond Leagues, and he wouldn't do anything. And you're just kind of like, oh, that guy used to be good. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess we talked a little bit about – I guess we should talk about the 400-meter final. Uh, Americans, like we said, got shut out, but we'll talk about who won this race. Steven Gardner with Bahamas gets the win, sub 44 seconds. He's the only guy in the field to do that. Uh, he still hasn't lost a race. It's been a, several years, I think, since he's lost a 400-meter race. He did have that one DNF, but otherwise, you know, he delivers, he gets it done. 
Silver medal, Anthony Zambrano of Colombia, repeating the silver medal from 2019 at the Worlds. And then bronze medal, nice to see this, Karani James has now medaled in three straight Olympics. That's pretty impressive because he did very little. He's been battling Graves' disease between 2016 and 2016 and 2021. You know, he popped up for the 2019 Worlds and got fifth, but barely raced before that. He shows up and he runs 43 in the semis and then 44 in the final to get his third Olympic medal. Then fourth place, look, we've been ripping some of the U.S. men. Michael Cherry, fourth place in the Olympic final for him is terrific. He was not a guy who you were thinking like could be a medalist entering the eight. I didn't even know if he'd make the U.S. team. He ran a PR in the United States Olympic trials final. He ran another PR here, 44-21. Like Michael Norman getting fifth for him, that's a disappointment. But Michael Cherry getting fourth and beating Norman, top American, that's a great race for him. Did you guys speak to them? I did not. No. So it's pretty fascinating. Um, Cherry came through with Lewis Johnson. I didn't see Norman, so I don't know if I missed him. But they said, oh, what a contrast. And Cherry was pumped. He was like, the best race of my best life. You know, uh, the best race of my life. What's well, his best life, too? So that wasn't inaccurate. But best race of my life, when it counted most, nobody thought I'd be here. People didn't protect me to make this final. So he was one of the happiest guys who just missed the medal stand. Whereas Norman, I mean, that this Olympics, for so many, Simone Biles, like the more hyped you are in the NBC, it's like the more you falter. I mean, U.S. women's soccer, Noah Lyles, Trayvon Brumell, pretty much also like when you turn on like the Roku app and you go to the Peacock and – uh, I saw Emma Coburn on there. They have like a few athletes pictured. I think they've all probably not gotten a gold medal. That, that would be an interesting graphic to look at. Well, that's interesting that you say that because, you know, first of all, people, someone in the chat's wondering if the 1281 from, from hallway is a fluke. The thing I was most disappointed about with hallway was after the race, I said, are you going to try to pull a, um, like in the women's hurdles in 2016 when, uh, Kendra Harrison didn't make the team. She goes out and sets the world record. Are you going to use this as motivation to set the world record? He's like, ah, I don't know, man. Uh, what else do I have to prove? I'm like, you, have to, you need to prove that you're the best hurdler on the planet. That you need to, I mean, I didn't say that to him. But he acted like it's been a long season, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing in that. But um, what were you just saying, Weldon, about the uh, – oh, the hyped, hyped, hyped Olympians. So I asked Ryan Krauser, who was amazing in the shot put, I said, look, is it hard to be the favorite, you know, et cetera? And he re- he, he said, yes, it is. Um, and I also spoke to Nick Willis about this, but he's like, look, what people don't realize is it's just different. Like I'm over here in, in a land thousands of miles from my home. I'm eating food that I don't ever eat. I'm walking everywhere in the Olympic village. He's like, that's a lot different for an American than it is at home. And I go out there and I just put up the same marks that I've done always. It's, I'm very proud of myself for doing this. And he's like, my sixth round throw today, which is the second best throw of his life. He's like, that's the I can, it's definitely the best throw of my life. Because considering the pressure, the fact that he's thousands of miles away from home, he's like, it's a lot easier just to throw at Hayward Field, you know, when you're eating your normal food and driving everywhere in a car. I asked Nick Willis about this. And Nick Willis said, well, I didn't ask him, but I came on to it when someone else was asking him. He's like, look, I've done amazing at a couple of Olympics and I've won some medals. I've also done terrible at Olympics. 
So it's like you need to realize as an athlete, if you're in the situation you're young, that no one is great all the time. Michael Jordan wasn't great all the time. That's what his next set. That's number one. Number two is just turn off your phone. Turn off your computer is what he said. He's like, I would get rid of my phone and my computer. It would just be me and my wife in the village or, you know, at the world's because the wife's probably not allowed in the village or me and my coach. And I didn't hear the noise. He's like, I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He's like, I've never once watched the Detroit news on television. He's like, why is that relevant? Because he's like, the Detroit news covers 8 million people. And I don't pay attention to it. It's not relevant to me. I don't care what they think. I don't care what's on the news there. He's like, so why would I care what's on the New Zealand news? The whole entire country of New Zealand is only 5 million people. So I thought it was a really good point. He's like, you act like if you're into the sport, you think, oh, everyone cares if I win or lose. He's like, most people don't. He's like, they're happy if you win. They support you if you're doing well. But if you don't, they understand. He's like, for the most part, it's someone that's busy with their life and they're just looking for a little bit of entertainment. And Cole Hawker, baby, you've entertained me tonight. Thank you. People don't want Rojo's gratitude. They want rants. They want rants. But I thought it was good perspective. The one thing I do find interesting is Crowder said there was a lot of pressure in the final throw. He was already the gold medalist at that point. There was no pressure on that throw. Zero. But I think he wanted to get the world record at the Olympics. My thing with the shot put, the, they didn't show the little gold, silver, and bronze thing when they were throwing. It was like a they've been really good with all the field events, you know, showing where the marks need to go. And that one they had a really weird angle. It was much, made it much worse to watch. So and the Holloway thing, I, I don't want to call it a choke job. Intern Carl texted choke job i don't know maybe this is what choking is he still got the silver and he said to you guys like look i got carried away i got too excited during the race but he totally lost his rhythm with like two two hurdles to go sort of sailing over the hurdles like i mean he landed even with parchment after the last hurdle he just had been going so high there was no speed left i don't know choking i give him credit for an incredible lane he was really third and then he, he leaned Got a second. Back to back to the Benjamin Norman thing. I, I thought that one of the message YouTube listeners is saying that Norman had not looked good all year, but what I kept saying was, yes, right, Benjamin ran incredible in the hurdles on the same training group. Maybe he's going to put it together. But he didn't. He didn't. All right, can we talk about everyone's favorite Paula game every four years? How the hell did the U.S. screw up the 4 by 100 relay this time? Wait, one last thing about these individual people not coming through. It's so hard in our sport. Because think about it, like tennis, we've had the same three guys for 15 years in a row, right? Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. Only one person in this meet has repeated as the champion on the men's side. Ryan Krauser. On the women's side, uh, Elaine Thompson's Thompson done twice. it. Maybe some field defenders, I'm not sure. All right, four by one. People were saying that someone on the message board was saying we ran a B team. We did not run a B team. We had all three of the 100 meter runners, right, John, on the team? Yeah. I mean, the only quibble you would say is Bednarik Lyles would be a better anchor leg than Craven well, that, That's, that's but, a big quibble. No, my only quibble is. Well, there's months, multiple quibbles. Look, but I was a, running the band. I'm a college distance coach. The only experience I have with the four by one is Weldon and I coached a middle school girls track team at one point. And I think we read a book. It wasn't that hard. You put, you figured out, and there's like this simple rule that you do. But I don't understand why you're running a 100 meter runner on the turn. 
you need to run a 200 meter runner on the turn and you need to put the person with the best start at the start of the race. So the order made no sense to me. Well, Bromel has a good start. Like that's not crazy to have him on one, on the first leg. So yeah, Baker, he hasn't run a 200 in three years. I don't know what you're doing with him on the time, but to me, I don't know. Look, everyone tries to figure this out. We have the same, we have issues every year in this race. And this one, if you look specifically at how this race played out, I view that I think there's two issues. It, the second exchange from Curly to Baker was awful. They got sort of jammed up. It took them a long time to get. They lost a lot of speed getting that handoff done. And then Gillespie just he. I mean, he went from third to fifth, I think, on the anchor leg. Now, one of those he got walked down by Andre de Grasse. I mean, there's one guy in the world, probably maybe maybe Curly as well. Curly and Jacobs, though, the only guys who beat him in the Olympic final in the 100. So there's no shame in that. But then I think what also Ghana walked him down. Uh, so, you know, it, not, not a great run for Cravon Gillespie on the anchor leg. Uh, and that's, he's kind of been, it's kind of interesting. He's their weakest guy, right? They have three of the fa- six fastest guys in the world. He's ranked like 17th this year, yet he's the one running the anchor leg. So, you know, I, I don't know. Those I think those are the two big mistakes I saw. And I guess Gillespie, I don't even know if you can say it was a mistake. He's just not as good as some of these other guys. John, he ran really – I would love to see the splits. I'll try to find oh, out. Wow, look how bad that handoff is right there. I hadn't, I hadn't seen it. So I have not seen this race. But he just he did get run down. And the other option for this – so the two alternates were Mika Williams, NCAA champ, and Gillespie. Oh, champ. Terrence Laird was the NCAA champ, but Mikai Williams was a finalist finalist at USA's. He was fourth at USA's. No, he wasn't. He was ahead of Gillespie. Kenny Bednarik was fourth at USA. Okay, he was fifth, and then but he was ahead of Gillespie. So Gillespie didn't appear to be fit. These guys have run no races since the trials. So I don't know how they decided who was more ready to go because I'm assuming they're not bringing Mika into the final. So. They decided Gillespie was better than him. Now, maybe the collegian, you know, he's a freshman. So maybe Williams was tired. But I I don't know. I don't know enough about sprinting. Are they, like, making these guys sprint a lot in practice to see where they're at? But you had a lot of other options for the anchor leg. And there's kind of two issues. One, the handoffs were not very good. But there was very minimal practice, which is embarrassing. We need to commit. You want to be on the team. There's a camp. You're going to go practice. I don't know. Once they got to Tokyo, they could have done it. If you don't want to do that and you want to focus on your individual events, fine. Then you're off. Forget about this. We want people. I I want to go to war with people who want to be there, with a band of brothers. So These guys want to be there. They're all running it. If you're too focused, what? These guys want to be there. They're running it. I know, but there's not a camp because other people are doing certain meets and doing stuff or they can't be there. Or they won't, won't go to practice because they have their individual stuff. Someone needs to be in charge of the program and say, there's a practice. You're showing up. If you don't, you're not running. These guys said they had minimal practice, didn't know who was running, that sort of stuff. Like that needs to be determined. Now, maybe they're, they're not sure because of the 200. Well, then make it clear. These three guys are running. I mean, after the 100, the 100 was what, five days ago, four days ago? These... Three guys are running no matter what. Here's the order. We're going to, we will do this or this depending on the 200. But Andre de Grasse ran the 200 the night before the last time I checked. Yep. 
And he comes back, but the U.S., oh, no, we have to run a different people in the prelims than the final. That's a good point. Andre DeGrasse ran the 100 and 200 here and shuttle for the damn first round. Yeah. End of story, game over. No, no, no. Game you, over. You guys are freaking out here. The fact that Gillespie is on the team, I look, is he? I'm still, I don't understand why he was anchoring, but with the first three guys, they should, they should have been run, be able to run anyone on the anchor leg. If you're running those three on the first three legs, you should have a big enough lead that it doesn't matter who anchors. Look, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction, to be honest. They actually ran a pretty good time, and they're only 0.18 from winning the heat. They kind of got really unlucky to not make the final. Oh, come on, Robert. They lost to, they lost to Germany. They lost to Italy. They lost to Ghana. I mean, you, it's the fact you said it was, I think you said the stat to me. You said it was the fastest non-qualifying time yeah, in history. This, they have three guys who've run nine, seven, nine, eight, and nine, eight this year. They and then be failing to these run. guys on the second and third exchange, they pulled a safety, which is better than dropping this stick. They pulled a, they pulled a grand hallway and didn't do it. Now it's just, if the coach isn't here, it's ridiculous. But Mike Holloway, the Florida coach, is the Olympic. I, I don't know who's to blame here. Mike Holloway is an amazing coach. He also coaches college. So he's an amazing 4 by one coach. He does 4 by one all the time. He knows how to coach the 4 by one Now, there's a different guy that's the relay coach. So why don't they just put Holloway in charge? Or even better yet, just let's just, since Carl Lewis likes to mouth off. And remember, I love Carl. I have a signed photo that a guy running over me at Cornell gave me of Carl Lewis in my office. But just for the drama on the TV and the reality TV, we should make Carl Lewis the Olympic coach. That is the greatest idea you've had, Robert. Just, LA 2028. Put him on. No, well, just do it now. 2024. 2022. 100%. Like, people. It doesn't even matter if it doesn't work. If they drop a stick, it's just great for the sport. People will be into it. We'll have Carl. He can make money. It'll be amazing. Like, th- this is why I should be the goddamn head of USATF, not some idiot that makes a million dollars. Where's the interesting ideas? I thought you want to be mayor of Baltimore, Robert. And there's a very young guy who saw us in charge. Somebody actually, by the way, at the beginning of the show, was asking for me to coach this relay team. I will buy a book, 4 by one for dummies, and coach this team. Well, so, someone's pointing out, hey, don't forget Houston at NCAAs this year in 2021. Uh, I actually do somewhat forget what happened. So I'm kind of looking at the results. But I don't think they did too well this year. And back in 2019... Where they finish? They didn't even make the final, apparently. So may, probably an error in the prelims. But let's also remember Houston in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. In twenty nineteen, they didn't make the final with that with that stacked team. Yeah, they finished third as a team, but uh, they didn't make the final in the. Do they even? Do they get out of the prelims? The West prelims? I don't. They're not even at. Oh wow! Prelims. So King Carl, but. But here's the thing: they also won in 2017 and 2018, so they've had so, it's high risk, high reward, I guess, with Houston. Well, the, the reality is, if you're going for the win, it's dangerous, you know. But also, let's not complicate this. Robert loves just being the contrary, and it was a super fast time. I think Robert is the Alex Berenson insider info of track. He just likes to take contrary positions. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not. There is some good perspective. It was a very fast time, but. Gillespie was in third place when they hand off and he finishes six. Like, are we, maybe we are overcomplicating this. Maybe they just picked the wrong team. But I, I think one thing we could try to do, and this would be interesting. And you may not be able to find stats from some of these other guys pile up the season's best of the runners. I wonder how much time we're working with compared to everybody else. Cause there's a very fine, you know, amount of error, but we probably do have like, 
eight tenths of a second over some of these teams. Most of these teams probably don't have more than two sub ten guys, and the U.S. has three in the nine eight so faster. But maybe the, look, if you're the coach, you're probably thinking, I don't want to put the anchor on a freshman at the University of Oregon. It's been a long season, so you think, okay, we'll get it around. Let's be safe, guys. Don't take any risk. This one is not as bad as some of them in the past, but the fact that they haven't practiced and if the relay coach isn't here, like why? I always used to joke when they would put out press releases about being an Olympic coach when I was a college coach because I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. It's just whose butt did you kiss at USATF to get put on the team? The coach doesn't do anything. Now, I do think the coach, I mean, particularly in a COVID year when your regular coach can't come over here is kind of useful. So, you know, but I have a lot of respect for Coach Holloway at Florida. I think he's very smart. So I, why can't he do the relay? Did he have anything to do with it? If he did, then I'm not really going to complain about it. I mean, we have someone who gets paid like a decent amount of money. They're the relay coach. And you guys didn't make that clear. I think we started with that off air. There's some rumor on Twitter that he's not in Tokyo. That can't be right, John. I hope I hope not. Because by the way, like the Bowerman Track Club coaches are here somehow. They were in the stadium. What I will say is they didn't have, yeah, they didn't have the normal relay camp and they didn't have the Team USA training. Normally Team USA will have a training camp in the Olympic country, you know, beforehand to get acclimated. They canceled that this year. Other, I believe other countries still had those training camps. USATF, I think, sort of cited COVID concerns and canceled it. That certainly would have helped because it de- basically they were asked multiple times in the mix zone, like, how much practice have you guys had? And they were like, not much, not enough. Uh, so, yeah, that obviously would have helped. John, can we get one source about the rumor? If we're going to throw out just a totally unsubstantiated I, rumor, I, 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 Robert, I mean, sorry, Weldon, you're the one who talked about it on the podcast. I didn't, I didn't know this. I just said some guy on Twitter said this, and oh. you're the one bringing it up. So, okay, just let's link to the tweet. We'll link to the tweet if John can find it. I, I just like, but. It was one of those things where so many people were upset. Usually I sort of comically laugh when we drop the baton because I can take that. But us just not dropping the baton, having one poor handoff and not making it, it, it hurts more, worse. Okay, let's talk about this. Who's the favorite for this 4 by one I hope, could Japan possibly win it? Does anyone have any idea? They could. China ran very fast today. 39, 37.92. I guess they were right with Canada. Like Japan, they've done a great job hosting these games. They didn't really want them. I feel like every game needs their moment. Um, Kathy Freeman at the home games in Australia. Mo Farah at home. Weldon, Weldon competed in the Pan Am games. Felix Sanchez won the hurdles. And people... Tiago Braz, uh, Rio 2016. Also, wait. Tiago, I just want to say, is Tiago Braz medaled in the pole vault again? How the hell? That guy did nothing since Rio 2016, and somehow he shows up. That's like the McCluffy at the pole vault right there. But Japan, what they, they were third in their heat, I think. I was very high on them before this, but I guess they're saying maybe Sonny Brown didn't run. Sonny Brown's terrible, though. Did you see what he ran, the 200 here? Like 22 seconds. Yeah, so he's probably not healthy. I mean, he was six of the... I don't see him. He ran 21-41 at the first round of the 200 and went out. So there still will be you know, a lot of intrigue on this final, especially about the U.S. I mean, but we were heavily favored, whereas not as heavily favored as Jamaican women. But they somehow seem to get around most of the time. 
Yeah, it's just it's it's insane the continued incompetence by US the US men in this event. Wait, can someone they have th- not finished an Olympic final without being disqualified or DNFing since two thousand and four. Okay, but once here's one question I have. How have the women been doing? Uh they won gold in twenty sixteen and in twenty sixteen twenty twelve they won gold in a world record time. So what I'm saying is same system. One wins, one doesn't. By the way, how the hell could Dean Asher Smith? I don't understand this. She pulls out of the 200, but she can still run the relay. Can someone explain that to me? I was somewhat confused about that as well, to be honest. I mean, it's just crazy when you look at it. 2008 DNF, 2009 DQ in the prelims, 2011 DNF, 2012 DQ'd, 2013 silver behind Jamaica. That's like our only good performance. Well, 2017 Worlds too. And 2019 we won. I mean, it's just like... It's like Russian roulette with our team, but at this point we're putting about three bullets in the chamber. Okay, guys, I don't know what you guys are looking up. We got to keep this show rolling here. I'm trying to figure out. I'm looking. I found the source of this tweet, Weldon, that you have referenced about the relay coach not being in Tokyo. It's from someone called Carolina Blue on Twitter. Uh, We can include it in the show notes, but claiming that Oren Richberg, who's the USATF relay coach, is not in Tokyo. Well, there's a whole, you know, uh, parlor game and in, in genre of journalism now. You just f- find some outrageous things people say on Twitter and make it sound like that's representative of a much larger segment of the population. So we can now start using random people on Twitter as sources. Who said we're not journalists? It, it's just tight. This is how hard it is in this thing. It's like 37.82 is first place. You know, and they're two tenths of a second. It's like the men's 100... 10 hurdles. Devin Allen, by the way, was fourth. Is that bad? That time would have meddled in every single Olympics except for one. The difference between first and fifth in this race was closer than first and third in every Olympics except for since 1980. But, you know, if you look at all of the teams today, 37-82 for Jamaica, but there's five teams within two tenths of a second of that. All right. I think we've covered pretty much everything. I guess Katie Najat won pole, the pole vault gold. Congratulations to her, but I don't really have any. We need to preview tomorrow's action on that. All no, right, no more morning sessions. So, well, for us, so no more nights for y'all. And uh, except, wait, you're not getting. I thought we've got the race walk in four and a half hours, five thirty a.m. in in Sapporo. We got to get there, Robert. It's too hot to walk here. I walk a mile to the damn stadium every day. Wait, could you guys? The marathons, let's see. We'll still be track action that day. Can you guys fly and fly back? You got to look into it. Screw it. We're already over there. We've already spent some money. Let's just go all in. You guys need to be at the marathon somehow. Well, first of all, I don't think that's, I don't think we're allowed. You have to get special permission to do a domestic flight. Second of all, the, the marathon is at 7 a.m. in Sapporo, and we've got at track action the night before in Tokyo. It might be tough getting a flight that's even in that window. We need a chartable. We're going to the Olympic basketball gold medal game, U.S. versus France, on Saturday afternoon after the uh, after the women's marathon in the morning. So we can't fly out to Sapporo. Got to got to watch the U.S. avenge France in the gold medal game. Okay, let's preview tomorrow's action real quick. We've got the men's five thousand final, women's fifteen hundred final, and the four by ones. So who's going to win the five thousand? It's kind of crazy, like. Trivia, who has the fastest seasonal best in the field, Weldon? 
in the five thousand? It's like a trick question. I have no idea. Well, it's what his name is Muhammad, and I'm trying to think if it's Muhammad Ahmed or Muhammad Katia. I'm going to say Mohammed. Mohammed has the is the best seasonal best at twelve fifty point one two of Canada. I'm a genius. Canada, someone break up Canada. They actually have two of the top three seed times. Mohammed actually is the second best seasonal best. He should medal. He medal. Did he medal two years ago? He did. So this is crazy to think he's got a good shot at the medal. We've got one guy in the field who's run twelve seconds faster than anyone else. That's the world record holder, Joshua Chapter guy. Uh, he might not. I mean, he could win. It's also possible he doesn't even medal. Uh, I think there are a bunch of guys. Who do, who is the favorite in this race, Robert? Is it Katia? Uh, sadly, I think it is. And I'm I'm crushing the running warehouse prediction contest, but I'm afraid that. I don't know. I've gone for gold and I'm afraid I'm going to fade because I refuse to pick people that are suspicious to win. So I didn't pick him in this event. I mean, Chalimo can win. I, I think he's got a possibility. Kip Limo, uh, after he was only third in the 10K, is he really Only third back? in the 10K? What do you mean? The 10K was stacked. Do you think that Paul Chalimo could have gotten third in the 10K? Absolutely. Paul Chalimo's not a 10K runner. He's like Matthew Takenkamp. No, Chalimo could... Shalimo is a much better 5K runner. It's Mohamed's a better 5K runner. I wouldn't be shocked if Mohamed won this race. And then if it's really... I'm just going to throw this out there. If it's really slow... No. Kincaid or Fisher? No. You don't think they could medal? They could medal. They could medal. They could not win gold. If if Woody Kincaid wins the gold medal, it's still not going to be as exciting to me as watching Cole Hawker rock that semifinal today. Well, we, we know... We know Robert gets excited when he watches Cole Hawker run. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at this field. I don't know. I, I guess Katia's the favorite. I like Polchli. I have, I have a little. I have a little action on Polchlimo in this race. Uh, a, a little investment in his future. So, hoping he can. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll be rooting for him for my financial security. But yeah, I guess it's. I mean, Katia's a 3.28 guy, and I tend to think. Yeah, if it's going to come down to a kick, it probably will because it's going to be hot as balls there on the final. It, yeah, humid too. I I go with the three twenty eight guy, but there are three twenty eight guys who just run. You know, they follow along and they don't have a kick. They just very very fast and you know good endurance. And then there are three twenty eight guys who actually have that game changing speed. I don't know if we've seen enough from Katir. I mean, that, remember that twelve fifty race in Valencia? Sorry, in in Florence. He was only fourth or fifth in that one, and he got beat by Ahmed. So does he have that really top change of speed that you need over the last 200? I'm not totally sure, but he's a 328 guy, so he does have – you know, he's got he's got some gear, I would think. But can we say that the winner of this race will be the Vinasti Niangabu of this Olympics? Young people who are under the age of 48 probably don't know who Vinasti Niangabu is. That's why I was following when I was – went to the 96 Olympics, he won the 5,000 when Geb didn't bother to double back. It's a disgrace that Ethiopia won't let people double. Because Solomon Borrego would be the favorite if he was starting here. Mukhtar Edros would probably be a good shot here. He's not allowed to run this race. Hamburgers, Gabriel Watt of Ethiopia. Now, we can't really complain about Ethiopia because they did hold the trials race. The problem was, to, in my mind, the trials race was about two or three weeks too early. It was also held in cool conditions, and they had rabbits. None of that makes sense. Ethiopia and Kenya, I will tell you how to do your job. You hold the trials on the last possible date, the closest date before the team. 
but you want to let doubles happen. So hold the five and 10 K about three days apart and hold it at sea level and in conditions and warm conditions. That's it. Oh, all right. Interesting point here from Achille Mahal. Uh, sorry if I'm butchering your name in the comments. He mentions Katia was actually poor in championship race indoors, European indoors. He was only fourth in that race. He ran 7:49, And then I don't know if we have any Spanish viewers or listeners, the national championships for Spain, the winning time was 14.07, and Katia was only second in that race. And Katia was like a second and a half behind the winner. Is that just because he couldn't kick? Did he just not care? Like, what happened there? Now I'm becoming more worried that, like I said, he might just be a guy who can run a really fast pace but can't actually, like, close it down the last 200. So he's like Stewie McSwain on steroids? I mean, wait. Oops, that might have been too close to the truth. But he can run, like, 345 mile, but he can't kick? Wait, why are we – the more I think about this, why are we so bullish on this guy? Because he's run 328 and 727 and 1250 this year. But in the 1250, he was fourth and beaten by Mohamed. Now, granted, the, the 328 was after that, so you think maybe he's getting better. But I, I don't know. Like, he has one top-level 5,000 meters this year. Well, I guess he won in Gateshead, too, but that wasn't that fast of a race. So he won that, but in Italy he gets beat in a fast race. You got to think Kip Limo and Chepa Guy are going to push the pace here. Oh, why would they? They didn't do it in the 10K. And they had a rabbit. They didn't go with it. In the okay. 10K. If they don't, this is it. why they're idiotic. There's a third. I, this is how I was going to ask. How I asked for the 1500. Is it possible that Timothy Chariot says, boys, I'm not carrying your water? I think he should carry their water. I think he doesn't. I, I would try to get away with not leaving, but. He he outrun everybody from the front in 2019. I think he's going to try it again if he's truly in the same type of shape he was. But here it's like, how is the race going to go? There is a third Kenyan in this race, Oscar Cholimo. He's, he's he's Ugandan. There's actually only one Kenyan in the race. There's three. There's three Ugandans. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Well, and you know they're different countries. I just want to not necessarily. So I don't understand what it's going to be. They need to set the pace and they need to go with it. They need to make this an honest race for the, have this guy just take it for the first mile, put it down there at uh, what is 13 flat pace, like four Oh eight or something. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's a lot to ask of a guy and he's got no shot anyways. So why I've, not? I've also, someone said that, well, this is here. I go again, going off unsourced rumors on Twitter. This is a, this is Emily Evans. Who's quite reliable actually when it comes to, East African distance running. She said Oscar Chalimo is Jacob Kiplimo's brother. So maybe he would be inclined to set a pace for him if he wanted. But again, they would have to go with it. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hot and humid. But what do you mean? They've got no shot in a non-kicks for none. What do you mean? There was a kicker's race in the 10K and they went 2-3. You just made this point. But it, but it's a 10K. Like, come on. Joshua Chepke guy's strategy's never been, let it go really slow with a 328 guy at a 5K and see how I can kick. I don't think that's going to happen. I think their best bet is to make it honest at some point, and that's fully what I expect to happen. If they dilly-dally around and let it come down to 1,200, yeah, then I'll take – then Grant Fisher, Kincaid, good luck. Now, is it possible that Chalima wins this race and then gets disqualified for some idiotic tactic that he did? Absolutely. This was one thing we were having a t- discussion in the Let's Run group chat. What's What's higher – the number of people Chalimo contacts in this race or the number of times he touches his face while running. I mean, I think that I put that at pretty hey, even line. I was doing that last night a lot. People weren't happy about it, but I'm looking up by the way, 
it's just fascinating the number, the amount of talent that exists in the world, and then the inconsistency in this talent. I was like, Oscar Cholimo, this Ugandan guy. I'm like, what's he ever done? He ran 13:06 this year in Bergano. He was third place though. I'm like, who did he lose to? The second place finisher in that race in 13:03. This is no one's watched this race. Was Salomon Borrega. Anyone ever heard of him? Did he do something at this world? Yes, I, I think he won. This is the guy that John says would win the five and the ten here. He got smoked, and everyone thinks that Kenya now sucks at distance running. And we're like, how could Edward Cheserick not make the 5,000 team in Kenya? Because they suck, you know. But Woody Kincaid and Grant Fisher and all these people can make the final for America. The winner of this race was a guy named by the name of Mark Lomukat of Kenya. So he destroyed Borrega by two seconds. And then he gets seventh at the Kenyan draw. He's not even here. So I, I, I can't explain it, the transitive property. All right, that's the 5K. How about the 1500? Part two of the Safan triple. This is going to be a great one. Hassan versus Kipigon. Robert and I, Robert, we already have a bet on this. We already know which way you're leaning. Have you changed your mind after Kipigon blitz that 356 in the semis, or are you still team Hassan? Wait, what? When did I make my bet? We made this on the podcast, like right after the. It was after the first round? I think after. No, I think after Hassan won the 5K. Which was also the same day as the first round of the fifteen hundred. I don't know why, because I picked Faith Kipiagon in the running warehouse prediction contest. I like Faith. God, should I root for history? Let's ask you, Weldon. Are you rooting for history? Are you rooting for the triple gold, or was you like? I think it would almost be. Well, she's already won the five, right? I don't know. This is one of these races. I probably can just wait till it goes off, till it unfolds to determine who I'm rooting for. I think. Faith is going to win, but I, I'm I'm impressed. I just love the attitude of Hassan. She's like, I'm crazy. Let's be crazy. Let's go for this. I think her mindset is what some of these sort of other superstars who seem to be kind of mentally very fragile need to embrace. It's just like, hey, give it your best. Who cares? You know, I, I, not who cares, but like if I come up short, that that's part of sport. It's a game. I'm doing my best. So Seth Lewis here has the Bovada odds in the um, 1500. Faith again, heavy favorite, minus 175, Hassan plus 135. And then it's long odds to, well, I'm not sure if that's the next one, but Laura Muir plus 2,000, Puryear plus 6,000. Speaking of odds, I, my friend texted me these odds for the 1500 meter final. The betting app he uses in the United States. Guess who the favorite is for the men's 1500 final? Well, it should be Timothy Cherry. That's absurd if it's not. It's Inga Brixen, plus 125. You can get Timothy Chariot plus 150. But what's Inga Brixen? Plus 125. That's 44%. That's that's too high. That's too high. What's Chariot? Chariot's plus 150. You got to take that bet. I'm I sorry. Mean, plus 150, you're... That's like pl- positive odds on a guy who never ever loses in the fifteen hundred. What was the first one? I mean, I know I, I have money on Kerr, but like, if you believe in Chariot, you hop on those. Plus, if you can get him at plus odds, I mean, geez, that's twenty. That's forty and forty-four percent odds for both of them. And then I think uh, the, like, the, the bet there is the bet there is the is the fourth one, John. White, I know Whiteman. I would 
plus 2100 I think that's great odds. It's just funner to bet 2100 I don't know if you're going to make money on that, but if you got 100 bucks, Oh, I think I could bet 10 and I could make, you know, you bet 10 bucks, you make 210. I, I could make back all my potential losses on a Josh Kerr bet. I might have to hedge that. People are loving it. And then, wait, John, you were Cole being... Hawker, what do you think Cole Hawker's odds are? We started off the show by someone saying that John would be a 50 year old man, unmarried, childless, and a creep. Now, that person admitted they were trolling, just trying to get us to put that comment up. But Bob Reynolds on Facebook has said, as always, thank you, Jonathan, for your incredible recall and keeping Robert and Weldon honest. Bob, I try to rely on Jonathan's recall. It is amazing. And I hope someday he can show it to the world. That's all I'll say, John. Yeah. But when I'm sitting next to John, he gets mad. Instead of using Wikipedia, I say, hey, John, like, what is uh, where did Timothy Chariot run his PR? John won't answer. Like, he refuses to let me no, use it. I answer half the time. And then of the other half, 25 of the other half, half of that, I genuinely don't know. And I just don't say like, I'm like, why would you expect me to know that? And then the other half, yeah, maybe I do just. So Cole Hawker's odds? Someone's saying that. Cole Hawker plus 45. Yeah, that's what I saw. Plus 4,500. That's a fun bet to put. Like, Put ten bucks on that, you win four five hundred wins. Yes, like, that's worth it. Come on, that's you just throw it. ten bucks on uh, Cole Hawker. People talking about the women's fifteen hundred. No, can we stop? I will cut off my. No, so, so wait. Part, first of all, these odds are still out of whack. How the hell is Corey McGee <laughs> plus five thousand and Paris plus ninety five hundred? That basically means that. Corey McGee is twice as likely to win gold as Ellie Paria. Okay, wait, I, that's absurd. I will take every single bet. I will be the bookie. I will get as much money as you want. I will give you Corey McGee plus ten thousand right now. Anybody <laughs> wants wants to? I mean, me. I will be the book. I will double your money. It's not worth it, Weldon. Okay, McGee like one out of hundred. There's no way McGee wins that Neither race. Neither of them are winning ever. under any circumstances. No, Let's per, be real. Perrier could win if there's a massive. Think about it. If there's a, a massive, massive fall, lot, that's the only way. And they don't take everybody out. Like they don't rerun the race. The, the guy posting this, this guy Dylan Caban, he was saying yesterday McGee is better than Perrier in this race. Like nothing backs it up. She may beat her because Perrier is running like shit. So it looked like in the last round, but everything they've done this year, Corey McGee has not shown that. I think, as I said yesterday, her best way to – it was unfortunate she fell, but that was her best way to make the final. What are Luis Grijalva's odds? I mean, he. why do we care? He's not going to do anything. It's he's That's a win for him. That he's in Tokyo and in the final is great, given that two weeks ago he didn't even know if he'd be allowed to come back to the country if he ran here. Um All right, those are the two distance finals. We do have women's 400. Allison Felix could medal. Shawnee Miller Weibo. I didn't see, I, I is haven't seen the favorite, the, or is it uh, the woman from Dominican Republic has looked fantastic this season. I haven't seen Maryland the women's four hundred. When did they run those heats? I did not see that. Well, Felix is all the way out in lane nine. That's interesting. Uh, and she didn't run the four by four prelims this morning, which I assume means she'll be running the final. But it's interesting. Like, who's going to be the U.S. women's four by four in the final? Because I would say you have to put McLaughlin and Muhammad on there. I guess. Oh, here's what's going to happen. I think Whoa. Mo should be. Well, on the, all right, Robert, I'm talking, please. I think Mo should be on the team, but I don't think they're going to put her on there I, for some reason. I just I don't get that sense. So it's probably going to be Muhammad, McLaughlin, and then the two finalists from the individual 400, Hayes and Felix. 
but I don't know. I think it's kind of a shame that thing Mo wouldn't be on that team. They need to put her on. One, she's the fastest girl in the United States, woman for 400 meters this year. But that just doesn't make sense. Put her on the team. And this hype and the Olympics and all that stuff, the Allison Felix. Allison Felix has become so much more interesting in the last year when she actually started speaking out about things. But they sort of built this myth about her. And a lot of it was just like being on the relay. She was obviously very good, but she has one individual gold medal. I mean, it's I can't really diminish someone who's won, well, after tomorrow, as, as many Olympic golds as any American track and field athlete, or I guess a couple of days from now. But uh, if you want to build the next superstars, have a good storyline, I think a thing most should be on the team. And I used to criticize USATF for doing that. Like, we thought the mixed 4 by 4 was for Allison Fields could get another gold medal. One, we didn't win the gold medal. But there is something to be said if you're going to even look at any sort of marketing angle to put her on the team. But apart from all of that, she's the best 400-meter runner in the United States this year. She should be on the team. And she just won the Olympic gold at the 800. Put her on the team. Someone said she's already got home in the Twitter chat. They can't be right. It's probably right. All right. Well, wait. If they send her home, I'm going to lose it. Robert, I don't think there's a lot of thinking outside of the box here. Um, what? How hard? I don't understand how hard it is to pick these teams. It's pretty obvious, even just from a marketing standpoint. Put your damn stars in the team. They need to have Mo. They need to have McLaughlin, Muhammad, and Felix. Well, or Jonathan, whichever one finishes higher in the final. Well, Quanee or Hayes is the other. I mean, excuse me. I mean uh, Hayes. That's it. Yeah, who knows? Yes, I think Canada's got a lot better shot for a medal. Well, they've got two guys. More likely the Canadian podiums than an American. Yes, definitely. Yeah, they got two I'd say Ahmed and Shalimo are around even. Maybe Ahmed Ahmed got on the medal stand last time. Then you add in Justin Knight. I would say probably yes. Okay, uh, we're getting to, it's 125 in Tokyo. This has been an extra long podcast, I guess. Uh even though we only had we had zero distance finals at all today, we had one distance, but it was the Cole Hawker show. So, anyway, I think that's going to be it for day seven. Looking ahead, day eight should be a good one with with a bunch of finals tomorrow night. No morning sessions. The three greatest words in anyone covering the Olympics. No more morning sessions. I'm kind of sad, but I realized today we only have two more nights here, John, and then we're done. Just when I was getting into a groove and finally getting used to the time zone and my nap situation, fine, it's gone. It goes by quick. What would happen if you guys like went to a restaurant or something? I mean, would you be sent home? Would they detect you right away and send you home? How would it work? See, John's a COVID liaison officer. Would he be arrested? Well, I said when I got here, originally I was in a bad mood. I said I was going to get tossed out, but my wife would be embarrassed if I did do that. But Tonight on the way home, I said, John, there's an illicit, what do you call it, like a speakeasy? I said, supposedly we're in a state of emergency here and the restaurants like aren't open. But I read that the restaurants, the government's not paying the restaurants, so some of the restaurants just are like, screw it, we don't care. And I said, John, something's going on in that building. And he's like, no. I said, John, just walk back. So John walked back. 
All the windows were closed. Something wild was going on in that room. High stakes gambling. Yeah, there was some crazy shenanigans. All right, guys. I have to be up early for an unrelated uh, non-track matter, 7 a.m. Uh, here in Tokyo. So I have to get some beauty sleep. I have to be at my physical best for this thing. So, uh, John, it's tomorrow early. Oh, man. I, I tried to get him to skip the podcast. I can't take him out. John should have skipped this podcast. Well, the, the, other, the other window, I could have done it. There was one time I could have signed up for it 2 a.m., which is half an hour from now. You should have done I, it. Oh, well, my God. I think I'd be out this late. But. I can't believe you're doing this. If I can't. Jonathan Galt loves you guys, the VIP subscribers. I cannot believe. I told him, I said, John, when I was headed to the stadium tonight, I said, John, this could be life-changing. I don't want you to be an old person that says, you know, I had this one chance in life and my boss wouldn't let me do it. So I said, John, don't go to the stadium. Just stay in, get under like a massage, take a bath, relax. But no, John's doing the podcast. You only have about five hours sleep. This is like me. I mean, when you're young, you're like, what's it called? Like your frontal cortex isn't developed and you don't make good decisions. The night before the Olympic track and field trials, 10,000 meters and 2,000. I was driving from Big Bear to Sacramento, and I was so superstitious in a head case. I figured since I drived a long way to Mount Sac and ran well, I should drive the same way before the trials. My car breaks down. I eventually get to Sacramento at 11 p.m., and I decide to update little nascent let's run.com till 1 a.m. instead of getting sleep before the trials. And as a result, John, I got lapped in the 10,000 meters of the Olympic trials in 2000. I hope you do better than me tomorrow, John. Well, I'll be fine. As long as you guys let me go now. Well, there would have been an, well, there would have been an Olympian. I remember yelling at him. I said, God damn it. Nobody cares if you update that website. Okay. It's time to go. Whoa. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Well, I've not, I will apologize to I, Joseph. I, I'm going to go take a shower. Okay. It's weird. Are you guys showering the night or showering the morning? John always showers at night. I think it's weird. But. I've not been asking an athletes if they've been vaxxed or not. Some people said I should be doing that. I have not been asking that. All right, Robert. Until tomorrow. Wait, wait. I finally figured out how to announce your name. Sergio, by the way, congratulations. You're still in the league, correct? In the running warehouse prediction contest. He's got a big lead. I'm in like 10th or 11th, but Couture's going to do me in. But um, it was I don't know how to say Shalane Flanagan. Shalane Flanagan. But I didn't know how to say the gymnast name. And now I know how to say it. I learned it. It's very easy. Simone Biles. You got it wrong. It's Simone. What? That was wrong. That was wrong. All right, guys. It's Moan. M-O-A-N. Simone. Simone. But not Simone. It's Simone. Simone. Yeah. <laughs> Simone.